You're listening to Upside Down, a podcast on spirituality and culture. No topic is off limits, so join us for unscripted conversations on God's Upside Down Kingdom. Welcome to this episode of Upside Down Podcast. I am Kayla Craig, and with me is my co-host, Lindsay. Lindsay, say hi. Hey. (laughs) Say it again with meaning. (laughs) That was meaning. Come on, Kayla. (laughs) <laughs> and we we are really excited because we have two guest hosts with us today and you will recognize their names if you spend any time around our parts of the interwebs, Ashley Hales and Shannon Martin. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks. Yes, thanks for having us. That was that was good energy. I'm proud of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> We are diving deep today, um, as as we like to do over Upside Down Podcast. But before we get started in our conversation, I wanted to share a listener review because those are so helpful to us and so encouraging, but also just helps us with our, you know, like zero budget marketing, get our name out there. So so here's a a listener review. And they said, I love listening to the Upside Down podcast. It has been a consistent place of truth, encouragement, perspective, and joy for me in a year of really tough, tough transitions. So we are just so glad to be a very, very small part of your lives and to have these conversations, um, not because we have all the answers, but because we want to model what it looks like to um, peel back the layers and dive deeper into conversations so that you can be encouraged to go out and do that with your friends and your neighbors and the people in your communities. So thank you so much for that review. We are talking today about all the C words, consumption, capitalism, consumerism, and Christmas. Who's excited? (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! So Lindsay and I were talking and as Christmas kind of approaches and we start getting the, I feel like in America, we're always bombarded with advertisements and then it ranks it up like 20 notches when we get into the holiday season. And we just kind of wanted to pause and step away and kind of unpack what that is in our culture and how do we navigate that focusing back on Jesus. So what does it mean to celebrate the birth of Jesus, a poor kid from Nazareth who learned his father's trade and had nowhere to lay his head? And how do we opt out of the glitz and glamour all around us to make space in our homes for the baby Messiah born in a manger? So basically, we're just trying to put Christ in Christmas, guys. What's up with the Starbucks cups? <laughs> It's Merry Christmas, not Happy Holidays. (laughs) Oh, that's hashtag sarcasm font. (laughs) So Ashley and Shannon, for the very few people who aren't familiar with you, we'd love it if you could just um, introduce yourself briefly. So our listeners who might be new to you can kind of have an idea of the folks at our table today. Awesome. I'll go first. Um, I'm Ashley Hales, and my husband is a church planter in Southern California, and we moved to the suburbs, and that kind of precipitated the writing of my book, Finding Holy in the Suburbs, that just came out in October, where I try to dive deep into some of the idols of suburbia and what does it look like to belong to Jesus even here. Um, I'm also a mom to four kids. I spend a lot of my time driving my minivan with them to soccer practices 
and I have a PhD in literature that sits unused, but I love books, reading, and laughing with friends. So it's good to be here. <laughs> oh, Ashley, I don't think your PhD goes unused at all. I was talking with my husband and we were reading your book and I was, we were talking about how we can tell that you have the soul of a writer and that you have studied English. And I feel like that, that drips out of your work. So I think you're oh, underselling you. yourself. <laughs> I, I just, I, I can't help by, you know, getting all the sources. It's super fun for me still, but yeah, it, like as far as my everyday life, it's like Costco runs and <laughs> walking my kids to school. <laughs> and I am Shannon Martin. My family and I live in Goshen, Indiana. Um, I just released my second book about a month ago called The Ministry of Ordinary Places. And so my story kind of centers around um, my family moving from, you know, what we considered at the time to be our dream farmhouse out in the country in the middle of nowhere in a very idyllic setting where we thought we would kind of stay forever. Um, And we did end up selling that farmhouse, you know, and moving into the neighborhood about six years ago. So we moved into a very, um, very ordinary kind of shabby neighborhood on what a lot of people would consider to be the wrong side of the tracks. And once we got here, um, we were just, you know, we were wowed by what we had to learn from our neighbors and, and, and learning to just live in that kind of weird neighbor way of Jesus. Um, my husband is the chaplain of our county jail, and we have four kids. They all came to us through adoption. And yeah, I just, you know, kind of like Ashley said, most of my life is just doing the very ordinary um, thing, you know, giving rides to neighbors and getting my kids to school and cooking soup and, you know, writing in the midst of all that when I can and just trying to be really intentionally connected with the people around us who live closest mm-hmm. to us. Mm, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Follow-up question. Ashley, what is, Ashley, do you know what your Enneagram number is? Oh, totally. I'm a four wing three. Okay. I was thinking earlier, Kayla, Shannon, and I are all eights. Mm-hmm. I'm married to an eight. I wonder <laughs> what Ashley is. My husband's an eight. I'm comfortable with eights. We're good. We'll okay. <laughs> good. Perfect. <laughs> It'll be fun. Well, I received both of your books pretty close together. And as Lindsay and I were kind of planning um, the end of the season of Upside Down Podcast, I just kept thinking, wouldn't it be cool if we could have both of them? If we could if we could rope everybody in and just have this kind of crazy conversation. I feel like your your books are different, but yet there's a lot of beats that are the same. And I wasn't surprised when Ashley, I was looking at your um your kind of what is it called like endorsements at the beginning of the book yeah Yeah. Uh, and I thought oh and Shannon is there (laughs) I thought well there you go yeah (laughs) so you like each other yeah that's a good thing we do do. (laughs) and then the stars aligned and we were all able to be on the it it was fun for me to read Ashley's book because and I think I even you know we were kind of doing that thing where I was reading her book to endorse it and sending her Voxer messages like, you know, there is a lot of overlap and it's, it's fun to see. Yeah. I'm, I love seeing how neighboring might look different in different contexts. Um, But it's just, you know, it's, it's Mm -hmm. equally important no matter where we're at. So I was honored. Oh, thanks. It was fun. It was so fun. I appreciate it. 
It's good. It's good that we can all have these conversations and say, like, how does the gospel of Jesus apply where we are? And it doesn't mean you have to do it in a certain way, but let's actually talk about these things. So, yeah, absolutely. So as we think about Christmas um, and we think about celebrating it, do you guys do any safeguards? This is, you know, just everybody. Do you do any safeguards to help you? Um, kind of resist falling prey to the trap of consumption. Hmm. We have tended to do the like, what is it? Something, something to wear, something you need, something I don't know, something you want, something you need. I don't know what those four things are, but we, yeah, like the clothes, the book, like something fun, kind of thing. Um, we've tried to kind of stick with those sorts of parameters for our own gift giving for our kids, um, and just be smart about like experiences versus stuff um, mm-hmm. has been something that we've increasingly prioritized for our family. And then, yeah, I would say we have just, I'm always amazed around this time of year when I start to kind of reflect back on how we've gradually over time, you know, we still continue to shift and our Christmases in a lot of ways, um, they just, they keep getting kind of smaller in terms of material things Mm -hmm. and even you know last year I just couldn't even you know we we used to have this we're not a live tree family I know that's a very unpopular choice but we I always had an (laughs) artificial tree growing up and it's just the way that it was um but we had this you know this big tree and then our house is a lot smaller now so then we had to get a kind of a skinny tree so we could fit it in somewhere And it was always just something, you know, it it seems kind of silly to even kind of start with the tree. But for me, it's been pretty symbolic of of how our, you know, the way we express the holiday or experience kind of that fun, festive part of the holiday. Our tree just keeps getting smaller. And I I find that interesting. (laughs) We just ended up with one of those little tabletop trees that you get when you have like tiny babies that you're afraid or like pets that are going to knock the tree over. But we, we did this little tree and it was actually a real tree from Kroger. Um, and I think we're going to go that route again this year. I just, you know, I find that, that the trappings for my family keep, keep sort of shrinking Mm. along the way. Um, and I, Mm. and I like it, Mm. you know, it's not something that, that we even necessarily set out to do differently, but I just, I find our hearts kind of shifting and, you know, as that happens, the way we express things kind of changes with that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I this think might. That, yeah. Sorry. I, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say this might go without saying, but an obvious, and maybe, maybe it's obvious, maybe it's not, but for us, it's like starting right. off with, this is our budget. <laughs> yeah. Because especially when you have five kids, it's like, okay, there's got to be a limit here. Yeah. But then also a really practical thing is I, throughout the year will sign up for, newsletters like I'll see a shop on Instagram and I'll think oh I might want to buy something from them in the future and then you know November rolls around and like Kayla was saying earlier you get bombarded with like way more advertisements than you ever thought possible so I like come October this time of year early November I start unsubscribing from literally everything Mm. like everything even if I know I want to know about their (laughs) bathing suit sale that's going to happen in June I still unsubscribe now because I just know like I'll be tempted to buy more than I actually can afford. So that way it's not constantly and I'll unsubscribe or unfollow on Instagram. So I'm not seeing all this stuff that it's 
probably great stuff, but like, I, it's not. I in feel the that way you know? just yeah, going great. to Target. I mean, yeah, that's exactly I, what I was going to say. I avoid Target <laughs> like the plague in general in life. Yep. I'm not. I, I go sometimes and I like to, I like to go, Me which too. is why I don't go. Um, but I just, I think right. there's, yeah, I think there's something to be said. <laughs> it's similar to what you're saying, Lindsay, of just like, we've got to know our triggers a little bit and just, and, and intentionally mm-hmm. choose to not get sucked into that because man, Target knows what we like and that can be dangerous. Yep. Yep. Well, there's a lot of psychology that goes behind that too. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I was going to say, Ashley, I loved that you kind of went after that target (laughs) trap in the first chapter of your book. I honestly, so totally honest, I didn't expect to read your book and then I didn't expect to like your book. Uh And then I read the first chapter and I was like, yes, she's going after the target. That's a best endorsement. I didn't want to read it or like it, but I do. But I (laughs) did. Well, Lindsay, you should say you don't live in the suburbs. So you probably thought it wasn't for you. Yeah. I don't live in the suburbs. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. I just thought, I'm sure it's great, but it's not for me. Right. And then you threw shade at Target and I was like, she's my girl. Because <laughs> I love Target. And I think like I was just there the other day to buy a birthday present for a kid. And I was like, I have to go around. Like I cannot walk through all the cute like Christmas trappings because I don't need a pillow. I don't need the ornaments. Like I don't need those sorts of things. And, right. Yeah. And so, yes, you have to be intentional. But, you know, I, it, it strikes me as we're talking about consumerism and, you know, needing to pair back and, you know, unfollowing Instagram accounts. And I think that all of those are super important. And I wonder if we could also talk about, you know, one thing I've been trying to hold in tension is like feasting and fasting together and like having those rhythms. So in mm. what ways I would love to talk about maybe throughout our conversation, too. In what ways are we also feasting and not just simply saying like we need to cut, 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 cut back from, you know, all of these messages, which we do. But what does it look like to enjoy things well or, you know, to save money for a bigger purchase or to not say that spending money I don't think is necessarily bad. Um, mm-hmm. But it just – it it's so complicated. Yeah, Ashley, I love um, – in your, in your book, you talk about like the counter liturgies. So can you just explain mm-hmm. like what that is to somebody who's listening who's like, what is a counter liturgy? Yeah. Yeah, it's a big word. <laughs> it's like you have a PhD in English right, like, or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But basically, you know, a liturgy is like a story that we live out in our bodies and our lives and our souls. And so we see that like in a church liturgy, like this is the order of worship. This is how we proceed. This is, you know, the story arc, um, if you will, that's happening. And so we're formed by like small things like what what we buy and where we go and where we choose to spend our time. Um, and so the counter liturgy idea is to say, you know, what other kind of routes, what other stories, what other practices can we take up that form us Godward instead of forming us like into just basically reactive, consumeristic, individualistic, self-focused mm-hmm. people. Yeah, yeah. So, and that idea so- of feast, I think – I think about Shannon, how you are always talking about making food and it, and it's not always fancy, but you're, you're cooking yeah. and you're around the table and you're bringing more people in. And that is feasting. Feasting yeah. isn't 
getting more and like reveling in opulence, but feasting, I, I almost wonder, like, do we need to think of feast in an upside down kind of way, like in, in the ways that we see it in scripture instead of what our culture says is a feast? I, I, that's something, that's what I was going to say. I think yeah. for me, I mean, you know, we certainly, we still do gifts and, and that's fun for me to buy something. We don't do a lot of just random or frivolous buying of things for our kids or each other. You know, it's fun to right. kind of have a, mm-hmm. a reason to do that a couple times a year for Christmas and birthdays. Um, so I enjoy that. But I, I think of feast, you know, sort of the when Ashley kind of framed it in, in feast and fast. I mean, I think of the feasting part of it as a feeling. And, and so I find myself, that's what I, Hmm. even going into just, you know, fall or going into kind of the Thanksgiving season, I find myself thinking the most about, you know, what do I want this season to feel like for me and for my kids and for my family, I guess we'll include Corey, my husband in this too. (laughs) But, you know, I, I think a lot about what I remember from Christmas as a child and it's not it's not necessarily like a a particular gift or a trip or, you know, my family lived very um, simply because we had to. So we didn't have a lot of those things, but, Mm -hmm. but I remember, you know, I I just, I kind of remember that feeling. And so that's, that's where I sort of Mm -hmm. go to town is just, you know, today we got two or three inches of snow today here in Indiana and so I just, I wanted to, I wanted the house to feel cozy when my kids got home from school and we, none of us had anywhere to be tonight, which is rare. Um, right. You know, I, I made soup and we lit candles and, you know, there was also chaos and fighting and all those things that happened no matter what that derail my very idyllic <laughs> man. But, you know, I've even asked my kids, like, what, what do you like the best about how we celebrate Christmas? What are the traditions that you like? Mm-hmm. Um to just sort of think through like, what is it that they're really going to carry with them? And I don't think it typically is, at least not for us. It's not about yeah. a particular thing or spending money or, um, you know, doing something fancy. It's just, it's, it's about those kind of rhythms or traditions that we create along the way. Yes, totally. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking, this is like, I didn't tell you guys I was going to bring this up, but I've been thinking about Black Friday. Uh-huh. And I know that it's like really popular Mm -hmm. to hate Black Friday. Um, Really easy to do that as well. But I wonder if it's really easy for people who have money to hate Black Friday. And um, I have I have gone out um, and the the town that I grew up in is a pretty working class town. And every once in a while um, I'll go with my mom and I'll see people who are doing their best to get something for their kids who might not otherwise be able to buy a Barbie. But maybe for $10, they can buy this special thing. And so I think it's really easy to um, heap judgment on others based on our socioeconomic status or what we have. Um, And we lose a sense of like compassion for other people. Um, Kind of like, I don't know. Have you guys ever thought about that? Right. Well, I think what when we always like it's a symptom of our hearts, right? So, like, I think it's just so important that we don't like we don't put whatever choice we're making. Like, I'm going to stay in on Black Friday and just say like this is the good, you know, for all people in all times and places. Um, But that that rather is like that's a symptom of of our hearts, and so 
by saying like, hey, I'm not going to go shopping on Black Friday, that's saying like, I I recognize I have a level of privilege, right? That I don't have to, but also that I want to like par back from this kind of rampant escalator of consumerism that's like bombarding me at every time. So I think a lot of it is, it's got to be right. Just saying like, we can't presume to judge another person's heart and we can't presume that our choices are like the be all and end all. But I think just to say, how are we being intentional with those choices in ways that are opening our eyes to see the needs around us? I think so much of, of, of a lot, you know, a lot of these conversations can circle back around to our own need to justify why we do the things we do or why we, you know, why we celebrate the way we celebrate. And, and, Mm -hmm. and there can be the tendency to kind of, um, you know, to show up with our armor, to show up in that conversation with our armor on. Um, And for me, probably as an Enneagram eight, I don't know, but I, I know the tendency in myself to kind of, you know, angle things in a way that is like, well, this is the obvious, you know, this is the morally superior way. (laughs) And I think we're all just, we're all just kind of doing our best. We're all learning things differently and we need to be learning things differently because we live in different contexts. So I think it is, you know, I think that's just a Mm -hmm. really important point to make is that they're, they're really, I mean, I'm a person like I even struggle to say this right now. Like I want to say there is no right and wrong because in the back of my mind, I'm like, but there is a right. right. <laughs> well, and there, there, yeah, I think there is a right, though. I don't think, you know. Yeah, yeah, but there's not just one. I know. Like, if I can take one step away from my own life and my own, you know, the thoughts inside my head, I know there's not just one um, right. one way to do this, right. I guess yeah. is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think it is a matter of just – giving ourselves the freedom to say, this is where I'm at right now. This is what, this is what is feeling right. This is what I feel like the Lord is leading me in. Mm -hmm. And so I'm learning to kind of live in that, like, this is where God is leading me. Now, I, I, I'm a huge believer in, in sort of that prophetic voice of subverting the common culture and all those things. I think that's really important, but I also think it's okay for me to, to have my little tree and to and to have that because that's what feels right for my family and mm-hmm. to not feel the need to make that the better way or right. you know yeah. like we we can just we can live out these you know these first world things as to how are we celebrating christmas you know we we can we can be free to do that in a way that's right for us and and still kind of sharing what we're learning as we go without instagramming it <laughs> I'm not going to Instagram it. I know. I know. I like Instagram too. It's all good. (laughs) I wasn't meaning that as a slight. It's all good. You've got a great Instagram, Shannon. It's good. So, um, but this is, this is another, Lindsay's going to be like, Kayla shouldn't have posted this because I have another departure, but (laughs) roping just briefly, briefly back into the target (laughs) discussion. I wonder if, um, it's harder, it's easier to say and harder to do. Uh, and I speak out of my own heart when I say that, but I've also seen that play out in some of kind of the leading voices, um, and examples. And something that I have struggled with is a person I really respect, um, 
wrote a book about stepping away from consumption and culture. Mm-hmm. And it was I very pivotal to me. And then a few years later, that person recorded commercials for Target <laughs> and talked about filling her Target cart. And I not sure how to like, I don't know. Do you guys, I'm just wrestling with that because I know that that is really just a big picture, public picture of things that have gone on in my own heart. So I might say one thing or I might even believe one thing. And then when it comes down to it, I'm like, you know what? This is what I want or this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm going to fill up that cart (laughs) in lots of different ways. And, and I want, I want certain things or I want things to be a certain way. And um, yeah. Have you guys wrestled with that at all? I, I wrestle with it constantly, yeah. <laughs> I would say. I mean, and, and I, it's interesting to hear that story because I think, I think all of us have a similar story that we could tell where we've seen, I mean, ourselves aside, where we've seen that kind of disillusioning, like, oh, wait, you know, in the life of somebody else. And it can be jarring. And, you know, we, we have something to learn from that. But I, I think we just... <laughs> For me, I will only speak for myself, but I am constantly finding ways to kind of tamp down this, this urge for new and better and um, better. And, you know, I like, I like things. I like to decorate my house and I like, you know, wearing cute things. And, And so it's a constant tension because like, I don't want to be the person who just eventually is like, you know what, fill the cart. <laughs> um, and I and it happen and I see how it could happen, especially mm-hmm. as an author. Like it's interesting to think through it from the angle of like this person probably, you know, there was something to be gained in their career by, right. by doing that commercial and filling their cart. And I, you know, hopefully, hopefully that is a temptation that I've never faced with because I think that's really hard. I think that's a, you know, it's a different level of all of this. And I, you know, I think we can yeah. justify it to some degree by just saying, you know, I, I try to look at this as, as like sort of imposing the slippery slope onto everything, but in so many ways I am filling my cart. Right. I might not be doing it at target and I might not be filming a commercial about it, but I mean, I'm, I might be filling my cart at Goodwill and I do that pretty regularly. And is that really, is that really better? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think, and I mean, like there's times in my life, right, where you feel like I'm doing so great. I'm not even going to Target or I'm not overspending or yeah, whatever it is, or, you know, I'm really healthy in one aspect of my life. Um, and then other times where you're like, I'm just going to eat all the salty potato chips and all the yeah. chocolate and soda and I don't care. And we all like, we're always going to turn to something to feel, to fill our hungers, our soul hungers. Um, and sometimes, you know, they look better, like if it's Goodwill versus Target or if it's, you know, Nordstrom clearance, you know, whatever it is that we feel like, hey, we're getting a great deal. And so therefore it's morally neutral. And right. all of these things are not morally neutral, our choices that we make with how we spend our time, money, and affections. I think there's something to be said for, um, and and I'm not certainly mm. the first person to say this, and maybe Ashley, you even touched on this in your book. It's been just too many months since I've read it, but I know other people have talked about, and I think there's truth to um, making 
you know, our consumer choices, which we have to make. I mean, <laughs> we're all in it. Yeah, we're in yeah. it. But I like the idea. And I really have tried to gear myself more and more towards not making my consumer choices into entertainment. So mm. the idea of like, I've got a free hour, and I just want to go to Target and push my cart around. I mean, I've done that before. And I yeah, I'm not going to promise that I won't do that again. Um, but it used to be just a very much a- like you are shopping at the store right now. Don't lie, <laughs> she's recording the podcast. She's she's actually doing the commercial. It's so meta. I, I just think it's. A, I think there's a lot of value in saying like, okay let's all relax. Sometimes we're going to go to Target. Okay. Target is in the world. Yeah. Like, and we are here with it. Yeah. I, but, but I, I, I totally to agree. just show up, you know, a couple times a week because we're bored. I mean, I think that that's a, yeah. that's an intentional choice and it's a pretty natural starting point. Yeah. I think that's great. Like we can't be so intentional about everything and like, not ever just like cruise the aisle at Target. That's okay. Uh, yeah. I like can that. I say one more word about Target? I feel like maybe we just have a lot yeah. of This is going to be the Target <laughs> show. Maybe oh, they should. I never thought we would talk this much about Target on the random podcast. <laughs> I have found that, and this is a new thing for me, but for example, our vacuum died just this past week. And so we had to buy a new vacuum mm-hmm. cleaner. And my first choice was, and my kids were even like, well, order one on Amazon. And I'm trying to move away from that. I mean, Amazon is like right. the new secret. So, you know, I didn't want to just order vacuum cleaner on Target or on Amazon. But then my next thought was like, well, obviously we'll go to Target and get one. But in the end, I went to Walmart and got my vacuum. I find myself intentionally trying to shift more towards Walmart. And I have a lot of feelings about Walmart too. That I don't need to share necessarily yep. right now, but I think Walmart is a, Walmart is a bonus episode a for me. I can go into Walmart and buy a vacuum cleaner and maybe get some groceries that I need without being tempted yep. to buy everything in the store. Interesting. Well, and I think about this idea of consumption and us being consumers and how that is so intrinsic to the Christian church, the Western Christian church. We consume church. Like if we don't like the music, we just pick a better one and we want things served to us on a platter. And and in some ways we buy it. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just so intrinsic to who we are to be consumers and we just get to pick where we consume, whether it's a store or you know, and even this idea of like ethical shopping, which we have done an episode on and we believe in deeply, but then it's also just another form of consumption yeah. and to, to buy more things. Like I don't actually need another necklace and it doesn't matter if it was ethically made or not. Like, right. I don't, I don't need yeah. to come to know. <laughs> I, so I think things, it speaks you know? to something. Yeah. Ashley, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but I think it speaks to something like there's a core need inside of all of us that we're trying to fill. Right. And so you can fill it with an ethically made necklace or you can fill it with whatever you find at Target, but like, it's still not going to be filled by things right but that's Mm -hmm. like and Kayla you said like Mm -hmm. even the church culture that we're growing up in in the United States feeds into that like we're constantly seeking to be fed by something that can't 
actually feed us. And if we don't Mm -hmm. stop, like Shannon, what you were saying, um, if we don't stop and sit in the tension of that, if we fill it with an hour of pushing our cart around at Target or we fill it with podcasts or, you know, there's a million things you can fill that void with that are not actually going to kind of feed our hunger. And we're just not very good at sitting in the tension and going like, okay, well, why do I feel like I need to buy five shirts right now? Like, what is it in me that feels that way when I've already got 20 in my closet or whatever, you know, um, we're talking about shopping, but there's a lot of different ways that we fill voids inside of us. Um, and we have to sit with that long enough to unpack what's actually down there. What are we trying to feed? You know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Lindsay, one of the questions that um, you had kind of brainstormed as we were thinking about this conversation was if the best way to be Christ centered is to emulate the life of Jesus, what does that mean for us as consumers? Well, that's so easy. That has such an obvious easy (laughs) answer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, I'm going to let you roll with this Go one. for it, Shannon. <laughs> uh, uh, I think, you know, a lot of it, um, a lot of that, right, just looks like really boring things like choosing to stay put, like choosing to stay in your house, choosing to stay in your church, like mm-hmm. shopping at your local grocery yeah. store, like really small, boring, mundane things that just say like, I am going to try to root myself in my place and with these people and like, I'm going to, we're going to learn how to belong to each other. And like, even when I don't like them or this church doesn't have X, Y, Z, or, you know, I really just want to go to Target um, to satisfy Mm -hmm. all of my existential angst (laughs) with a latte and something from Chip and Joe's line. (laughs) But I, I think it's just a lot of very boring. specific there. I actually, know, very I know. Specific. I know. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's true. I like. I know it's so fake, but I I still yeah. want it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I. Amen to that whole answer. Ashley, you nailed it. <laughs> I think that's you know. I think we we can be, um, we can be mindfully confused about mm-hmm. some of this. You know, we can. We can acknowledge that we don't have all the answers and we're not going to do this perfectly and that maybe there's not even a perfect way to do it. But so my Mm. personality can be a little bit like, well, if I can't do it perfectly, then, oh, well, I guess this just isn't my problem. (laughs) Um, So to to instead say, this is really complicated and, um, you know, I, it's, it can be easy for me to throw stones at people who I feel like are doing it, um, in a way mm-hmm. that I wouldn't do it, but you know, there's not there's not much distance between between them and me, really. Yeah. You know, we're all just kind of we're, right. we're wrestling with the same things in slightly different ways, and so that puts us all there together. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be able to say, you know, I I don't really know the right way. I'm going to keep my ear kind of pressed against my place and the way that you know my neighborhood mm-hmm. or my neighbors or my community kind of is teaching me and leading me and informing me, I'm going to listen to the leading of the spirit. And, um, Mm. and I'm just going to do those small things that I, that I can do with intention. So whether we're talking about where we're Mm -hmm. shopping or, you know, where we're really putting our dollars um, to be able to say, 
you know, consumerism at Christmas is especially hard, but let's be honest, we have gifts to buy too. Like we are going to be doing some shopping. And so we're not going to pretend that we're not. And, you know, so how can we do that with some intention? But I think, yeah, like Ashley said, the bigger, the bigger scope of, of, I, I mean, I could go on and on about my feelings about consumeristic behavior within the church. I think there's something to be, to be really learned from the idea of choosing a place and sticking it out for the long haul, come what may, um, barring, you know, something completely wackadoo and outlandish that might change that. I think that's not (laughs) I love that you said wackadoo. That just like makes my whole day. Those are the things that typically lead us away. You know, typically it's typically on a much lower level and it's typically, you know, things get hard relationally. And I just I think I think there's so much of a comparison to the way we could look at church even you know, comparing that to the way we look at marriage, where, you know, we all know that yeah. that some marriages don't last, and sometimes things do fall apart. And sometimes it's not safe to stay. And, you know, all those things are true. Um, but what if we looked at church with, you know, the lens of commitment that we yeah. that we hope for in marriage, I think that would just that would change so much of how we see so many mm. different things. Yeah, that's good. I was thinking yeah. about I mean, we've talked a lot about consuming things, right, and stuff and buying gifts, and that is certainly a challenge this time of year. But I also think about consumption in the way that we spend our time and the things that we say yes to. And I think um, I read this past year, Sabbath as Resistance by Walter Brueggemann, um, and I was really surprised by... (laughs) um, the connection that he makes between rest and work stoppage, as he puts it, and an economic turmoil in a mm-hmm. sense. And um, he connects it not only to the people making the products that we buy who don't get to rest, but also um, kind of what it does to your own soul to not rest. And so that's kind of what is coming to the forefront for me is like, what am I allowing to consume my time and my thoughts and my energy this time of year, especially when, you know, we talk about Advent and slowing down and, you know, we're all going to put pictures on Instagram of all the great Advent things we did with our kids. But like, (laughs) are we really cramming all of that into this four week period of time in a healthy way that like, really tunes our heart to like, no, Jesus really came, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And so like, I don't know, I'm just thinking in terms of, of our time and how we actually are consumed by, um, this season and what it has become in our culture in terms of invitations. And I don't know all the different things you can do this time of year, um, that really we lose sight of, of, you know, yeah, I think what one thing my husband has said a few times when he's been preaching that I just stuck with me. He talks about the difference between rest, or like Sabbath, and leisure. And like at least here in the suburbs, it's like you know everyone's working super hard so they can play really hard. And so like what rest looks like, at least in our context, mm. is like a vacation, right? And that God calls us to something deeper and different than just like 
a timeout or a vacation or like the work stoppage that you were talking about, Lindsay. Yeah. And I think like that's been helpful for me to think about, but I think our time is so amorphous. We can at least look at the stuff we bought or, or you know, our bank account dwindling, but the issue of time is is a lot harder to, to keep a handle on. But I think it's so true. Mm-hmm. I feel like this time of year, the most common phrase that I hear is, I'm so busy. It's just so busy. Well, we just have so much going on. It's so busy. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do everything. And, and people get, I'm like, I was in line somewhere and somebody was like, I'm going to have to take <laughs> off two days for Christmas shopping. And I was like, <laughs> they sounded really excited about it. No, they sounded really stressed out about it. Um, and, and I feel that way too. I'm like, Oh no, I have, I have to, I have to wrap these presents or I have to buy X, Y, and Z, or I have to make these cookies. And, and it's all like, <laughs> what does this have to do with Jesus? Like in any, in any way the the, the creator of all things sent his son as a poor baby. I mean, we, we have lost that and I have lost that. And how do I stop the noise? Not just and and Lindsay, like exactly what you were saying beyond stuff to just stop the noise and focus back on what, what are we doing here? Like what, you know, as we started at the beginning of the episode, like (laughs) what's the reason for the season guys? Well, I think there can be, there can also be so much pressure to, to have all the feelings right like mm-hmm. that that pressure to like oh my gosh i have to make this like this has to be yeah. like the most spiritually in tune i've ever been in my life <laughs> yeah every um, advent <laughs> yeah and i mean i think it's i think i think it's it's just every little bit that we grow towards that understanding like i sometimes put pressure on myself like this is the year that i'm totally going to get it mm. like i'm really going to understand i'm really going to feel the the whole like jesus came it's a really big deal and of course we know this but i i find you know as i as i'm more aware and as my view and my lens of christmas has shifted and in, in, in ways that i'm really grateful for I also, at the end of the season, sometimes feel like, well, I screwed that up again. You know, I, yes. I wasn't quite as spiritual and committed as, as a lot of people mm-hmm. around me seem to have been. Mm-hmm. I, just, I think that's too much pressure. And I, I don't know that that's intended to be the goal either. You know, I, I just think, I think we're... Right. It's like expectations yeah. lead to guilt in some way. It's like the cycle of... I think every you know, little... Yeah. I wonder if idolatry right. plays a role in Every that. little step that we take towards more awareness, and I find that that happens in me every year, but it happens slowly, mm-hmm. and it happens slowly, and it happens in small ways, and, you know, I find that I'm a little more intentional this year than I was last year, but I also know that last year when our tiny tree, one of my kids, like, accidentally knocked it off the table, and the ornaments shattered on the floor and I wept bitterly. <laughs> you know, like I also know that that stuff happens too, where I'm the mom is like freaking out because <laughs> the actual idol fell to the floor and moms and life can be yeah. my life can be tiring and all of this is still true at Christmas time. Yeah. Yeah. Shannon, you said the word freedom earlier and that really resonated with me. And I don't think I had realized the lack of freedom. I know I don't give freedom to other 
people <laughs> in the sense that I can be very judgmental of the target pictures on Instagram, but yeah. I, I never had connected back. Like I'm also not giving myself freedom. Right. Cause like Kayla said, I'm filling my cart with something. It might not be in target, but I'm still doing it. And I'm not giving yeah. myself mm-hmm. that freedom that I really need to go. Yeah. You know, I'm doing the best I can and Jesus gets it. <laughs> I think it's yeah. so, the thing that keeps me centered on some of this a little bit is is having my goal in all of this tension to be authenticity. Mm-hmm. And I know that word is really overused and we've kind of trampled all over it. <laughs> but what I mean is like, I don't want to be in hiding about something. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to go to Target, then I need to be willing to say that I go to Target. Mm-hmm. And if there are times that I fill my cart, I need to be willing to talk about it. doesn't mean I have to talk about it all the time. But at the point that I start to feel like, well, you know, this, this behavior of mine is kind of outside of my, you know, perfect ideal of what this should look like. Um, then that's when, that's when something is, is not quite connecting. So I just, I wonder if we can approach this with like, we're, you know, like I said before, we're doing the best that we can but also we're, we're women and we're moms and we're humans. And, you know, we, we do need some freedom and we need to be able to, because I'm the same way, Lindsay, like I can just so easily go towards judgment, but then that puts me into hiding. Mm-hmm. It can. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to throw stones, then I have to pretty quickly be aware of, of the ways that I, <laughs> that stone could be coming back yeah. and smacking me in the face. Yeah. So then there's the temptation. Of like, well, okay, then I guess, you know, so I find when I go to Target, I tend to like, I want to, it doesn't all have to play out on social media, but sometimes I just, it's important for me to acknowledge (laughs) these things instead of always coming at life from this really idealistic approach, which I often kind of live in, in my mind, but it doesn't always play out that way in real life. Yeah. And just also giving your space and other people, right? Saying like, we are going to have mixed motives. We're going to be confused. We're going to do it wrong and fail and make mistakes and we can repent and we can forgive each other and before God and like move on. And it doesn't have to be like, my ideals are crushed. I am the worst, you know, into this shame spiral of, yeah, I have consumed incorrectly. (laughs) And I, and I think we need to stop. We need to stop the consumeristic mindset of consuming each other as well and especially those of us who are somewhere on the internet or writing or creating um this idea of people consuming Mm. us as people (laughs) and and how like unhealthy that can be and I've just I realized in my own heart that I needed to take a break from um social media and I just realized the weight of feeling like I was either needing to perform or needing somebody Mm. to perform for me. And just that's not as humans, what we were made to be and to do. And this, I just feel like this idea of, of getting something like we feel like we're entitled to something and we want to get it and we want to have it, whatever that it is, is just so entrenched in our DNA that we almost don't even Mm. recognize it. Yeah. I mean, you think of the Adam and Eve in the garden, right? Like the fruit was good. It was beautiful to look at, right? And that they wanted it and they Mm -hmm. desired what it represented. And we're still doing that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
So is it possible to celebrate Christmas in a capitalistic society while still emulating the life of Jesus? Yes, I do. I mean, I totally think it's possible. I think, I think, I think whatever, however we kind of approach Christmas is really mm-hmm. an extension of how we're approaching life. So if we, can, if we believe that we can live in a, you know, a very capitalistic culture while, while serving and doing our best to honor the, the weird way of Jesus, then I don't, I don't see any separation between that and, and Christmas season. I think everything is sort of heightened right. um, at Christmas in, in both the, the urge to consume and in that other urge to like, you know, to pretend that, that, that we're above it all. Or that everything is just, you know, has become so super spiritual. I mean, I think we can live somewhere in the midst of all of that. And I think there's really no way around living somewhere in the midst of all of that. So I, I just, you know, I, I think it's, it's a matter of, of just doing our best to be attentive and doing our best to be intentional and doing our best. I mean, so much of my life is lived in the midst of tension. You know, it's, I, I live in a neighborhood where I'm surrounded by the poor and um, and so I feel every single day that tension of like, you know, I, I do have more than most of my neighbors have and I wrestle with that. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the tension is part of the gift. I think the tension and really feeling the tension is part of that that sort of freedom of of recognizing daily, like I cannot figure this out on my own. I can't pretend to have the answers to this. It's way too complex. So, you know, just kind of relying on the daily leading of the Lord to just to navigate this the best that we can, but it, but it requires some effort. It requires some intentionality. For sure. You know, I think like Jesus, right. If he is, if that's why we're celebrating Christmas, right. God becoming man, right. The whole incarnation, right. Is God entering into the muck and mess of our actual existence and, you know, living amongst the culture and society that he was born into. And so like us as Christ followers, of course, we have to live within the system and society in which we're called. Um, But it doesn't mean that we, yeah, that we can't live in a way that looks at least somewhat radically different from just like kind of mindlessly consuming or mindlessly purchasing or mindlessly, you know, switching churches because they don't have whatever I want. Um, to be thoughtful about our work and effort and how we spend our time and money and attention yeah. in the world. I think one of the things just on a really practical level for my family um, something that has, has been very meaningful to us and has really helped just kind of set that intention a bit differently is that we started a thing, or I don't want to call it a rule, but maybe a tradition or whatever you want to say, that we don't open any gifts on Christmas Day. And I know that that's a bit like almost like a semantic sort of thing. And so I'm aware of that. And that's why I'm not, I'm not saying that this is like the right way, but for me and for my kids, like it, it helps us align like the actual purpose of Christmas. I found it so confusing, especially when my kids were younger, when we started doing this, I don't know, a handful of years ago, five or six years ago, I found it confusing 
to tell my young kids, like, you know, here's all these gifts and also, but this isn't the reason that we're celebrating, <laughs> you know, it was right. Like it was a bit of a mixed message. And so we just made the shift to we, we do Christmas. And so again, I'm acknowledging that we're, we're essentially just moving the day. Um, we open our gifts on Christmas day or Christmas Eve and we stay at mm -hmm. home and we have neighbors over and we go to Christmas Eve service and then Christmas day, whatever day it falls on is just a day that we set aside to rest and to, um, you know, worship in, in ways that might not look like worship in the way you might think, but just, you know, to, to give some, to set aside some time to really think about Jesus coming to save us and, and, yeah. you know, God sending his son to be with mm -hmm. us on the, you know, what does that look like? It's just easier for my family when we don't muddy that in with the consumerist aspects of the season. I really like that a lot, mm -hmm. Shannon. I um, agree with a lot of what you said and live in a s similar um, socioeconomic sort of neighborhood. And so I'm constantly aware of um, the physical trappings of our society and all of that and, and trying to walk in that tension. But I think what I keep thinking about in terms of this conversation, specifically in terms of I don't know, the Christmas aspect is um, to stay small. And you both you both talked about yeah. being in your place, right? Yeah. And being rooted in your community. And um, I had the privilege of going to Israel and it was so fascinating to be there and to like be in one part of the country and read a story and it's like, okay, he was in this in, in the region of Galilee and then they went to Capernaum and that's like literally right over there. You can see it from the mountain. And then from there they went yeah. to the Judean desert and it's right there. You can see it. And so I think when we think about Jesus, sometimes we miss the smallness of his life. And I mean, yes, he flipped the world upside down, but there was also a very, mm -hmm. a real smallness and intentionality, which is another word yeah. that we keep coming back to in the way mm -hmm. that he lived yeah. and even like physically where he was, like he didn't travel all over the world or even the continent. Yeah. He lived in right. a very small region and invested in a very small number of people. Um, so I just keep thinking about that, yeah. about and, you know, yes, for us, it means small in the sense of we don't go wild and crazy with gifts. But I think it also just means like stilling our hearts and that rest and investing in the people around us. So, Right. And I would mm, add, yeah. like being very intentional, there's that word again, of who we invite yeah. into our space, particularly on, mm -hmm. you know, Christmas Day or Christmas Eve or whatever it is, but to, to, to veer away from this mindset of like, well, this is, this mm. day is about family. Yeah, it is about mm -hmm. family, but who is your family? You know, it's, it's a really good opportunity yeah. to, to widen that circle and just keep that door open. Yeah. And that's been another thing that's just been, it's been helpful to my family as we just, we try to kind of approach this a little bit differently because I mean, I think that's what, that's what the life yeah. of Jesus shows us, you know, is that, that is yeah. how he lived. And I love that picture, Lindsay, of just, I haven't been to Israel. I would love to go, but I can't imagine what that's like to just see like, oh, you mm -hmm. know, to see the proximity of his life. I mean, that's, that's beautiful. And so we can, we can live small 
Um, but we can also live kind of wide, you know, with, with our, with our sort of boundaries or whatever, just really, you know, we all know the statistics and the stories of, of the loneliness that can be felt around the holidays. And so it's such a good opportunity to, to unclench our hands around this idea of like, yeah. oh no, this is just for us. Yeah. This is just for my family. Have you guys ever um, been a part of Advent Conspiracy? No. <laughs> no. This is such a Kayla question. <laughs> it started, well, I didn't want to be like, this is something we've done if other people have done it too. But it started in 2006 and a bunch of pastors got together and right. they just kind of felt like they were missing like Christmas would be over and they'd be like, mm, I think we're missing it. Like, I think we're missing kind of the awe inducing soul satisfying mystery of the incarnation. Like somehow what has happened. And so there's kind of four tenets to it. Um, and it's worship fully spend less, give more and love all. And, you know, then it's kind of your, your church can go through it or you can go through it. And um, there's a book, but I feel like I need to keep coming back to it. Um, and, and Shannon, I loved what you said about how it's, it's a posture of how we live every day. Right. And it's not just like, oh, we need to make this pivot during the holiday season or during Advent. But like, really, this is this is how we live our life. Like that, that Mumford and Sons quote, right? Like where you invest your love, you invest your life. But like that is true. Um, so just like a tangible thing. For for me, that has been helpful for me. And then how I, you know, parent my kids and I'm a, a member in my, you know, local and global communities, um, been informed a little bit by the Advent conspiracy mm. folks. So Kayla so always has the dibs on the subversive ways of doing things. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but but we are here. You do, you're always like, have you heard about this? Have you heard about that? I do you know it. about this thing? <laughs> Have you heard the conspiracy about Target? <laughs> well, when she said Advent conspiracy, I was like, wait, there's a conspiracy theory? I was like, tell me more. Exactly. No, do you guys have any, um, kind of as we're wrapping up our conversation, any more tangible, you know, either Advent devotionals that you're really digging or any other certain um, just kind of tangible ways that we can take away as, you know, these are hard conversations. Like nobody is doing it right. Like I my fear in having this conversation is that I would posture myself into this haughty position of, I have figured out the way right. and, and now I'm going to, you know, talk about it from my high horse. And like, if I'm ever like that, like kick me off, please, because that's fake, you know, like I'm not like there, there is no right, right. you know, perfect way to do this. Like we're all just kind of stumbling <laughs> along and, and helping each other and picking each other up and spurring each other on. So any other takeaways to have as we kind of sadly have to start winding down this conversation? <laughs> I, we, my family is the actual worst at any, like consistent anything um so i i'm not probably the best person to recommend like a family advent devotional right. we typically try every year and we we do it a few times if i'm being honest um but you know that's what i'm saying like we do it a couple of days and that's that's different than how it used to be in my family i mean i grew up never even knowing what advent was the churches i was a part of never celebrated or talked about advent and so i'm 
I'm choosing to be glad for the growth that that we have experienced very imperfectly. Um, but I, I guess two things that I would mention here. Yes. I listen to most days mm-hmm. an app called Pray As You Go. And it's a it's a mm-hmm. Catholic, like yeah, a I Jesuit. I think it's Jesuit. No. Okay. And so they follow the the liturgical calendar. Um, and so the the readings and the reflections, you know, it's a daily, like a 12 minute, 10 to 12 minute thing, but it follows the church calendar. So it's I know that it's going to lean heavily um into just sort of the theme of Advent. And so that's something that I will be, you know, continuing on with during Advent, a part of my regular life that will just carry into that season. Um, And then I actually put together a, just a real short series called 12 Ways of Christmas. And so it's just a 12 day kind of reflection, um, just a short little kind of way to to sort of stay focused on on a lot of the things that we've talked about here today. So that's something oh, I'm that I'll excited be, for that. Yeah. I did it last year for the first time and it was I loved it. I loved doing it and it was helpful for me. You know, a lot of times the things that we're writing about or maybe all the time like they're mm-hmm. they're just as helpful yeah. and meaningful and centering to us as the author mm-hmm. is what I find. Right. Um, so I'm going to sort of re-release that and and kind of add to it a little bit, revamp it a little bit. So yeah, that's that's coming soon. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, I think just last parting thoughts is, um, yeah, you know, maybe even like get together with your family, your friends, your church family, and come think like, what do, what do I want this season to look like before we even head into it? And think about, you know, like Shannon was talking about, what are those those feelings that I want to help my kids, you know, to feel loved and cared for. And, you know, how, what would it look like to focus on Jesus this season? Um, we do try to do like a, you know, a Sunday after church. Um, we've tried to do it. it we haven't been consistent, but like <laughs> we have like a lot more dessert eating on Sundays, <laughs> like, right. As like, like, this is good and this is a feast and this is a celebration. And so like, Hey, we got like frozen cookie dough from Costco. It's not like a big thing. It's not all homemade, but like, we're going to put in some chocolate chip cookies and like listen to Christmas carols. And we're just going to do the reading, you know, the Advent reading and light a candle. So super low key, but something that helps Mm. kind of recenter us as a family. So we try to do that like as a, to keep Sabbath and our Sundays a little bit separate feeling from the rest of the week. I love it. Um, well, I yeah. have, Lizzie, you have anything the, else to add? Um, Advent devotional that Shannon Evans, our former co-host, wrote for Blessed Is She. So I'm really excited about that um, just because uh, oh, I appreciate yeah. Shannon's words and coming from a Catholic perspective. I know it'll be a little bit different. I'm looking forward to that. And kind of similar to what Ashley just said, um, last year we tried to do like an advent wreath but like I didn't really have the necessary supplies so basically we ended up with candles on our table is what we had so there's candles on the table that's pretty much it but my kids loved it and every night we would light the candles for dinner and turn the lights off in our kitchen so it felt special it wasn't anything crazy but it felt special and so I'm gonna um do something similar it'll be just probably candles on the table again but just kind of doing something different to recognize this is, um, you know, a season that we want to be intentional about. So, 
Yeah. I love that. And I just, there's two different, um, kind of Advent centered devotionals that I, I like Lindsay, the theologian that you brought up, but Walter Brueggemann, mm-hmm. um, he always has a very upside down way of, of viewing the world that pushes yes. me. Um, and mm-hmm. a lot of times I have to reread what he said, maybe a few times. Um, but he, he has two Advent devotionals that I have gone through names for the Messiah and celebrating abundance. Um, and they would, they will like flip, flip some things over, um, for you. And, I, um, it's interesting. Like we really value the ecumenical aspect of upside down podcasts. So, um, it's, it's funny that Shannon, you mentioned listening to the, the pray as you go and, um, Lindsay, our other Shannon's, <laughs> um, <laughs> devotional, but my husband was just telling me that he's listening to the Carmelite daily kind of meditation and, and we're reformed. So I just love that we can, um, mm-hmm. learn from each other. And and yeah. see the value in people that are coming up out of different traditions, but we're still, um, you know, kind of united in in Jesus during this time. So it's cool mm-hmm. to see. Yes. Well, Ashley and Shannon, thank you so much. We just like brought you into the gauntlet here, and you've held your own. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. We it was great. We um, just think so highly of you guys, and I just want to put another, um, not, you guys have not asked me to, but just a, a plug to, if you guys are, listeners are um, looking for books to um, to, to give to someone or um, put on, on a list of things that you might like, I definitely recommend um, The Ministry of Ordinary Places and Finding Holy in the Suburbs. I have them both on my nightstand right now, and I'm really um, enjoying them, and, and they're just, there's some depth there that we don't always see in all of our books. And I'm just so appreciative of Shannon and Ashley for the time that they've spent. I um, can only imagine the work that it takes to do that. So thank you guys for sharing your time. And you probably don't want to be doing anything more with words. You probably want to like (laughs) take a complete (laughs) Sabbath from words. And yet you came on and gave us a lot of them. So we appreciate that. We appreciate you. You guys are awesome. Yeah, so fun. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Upside Down Podcast. You can find us at UpsideDownPodcast.com. On Instagram, we're Upside Down Podcast. Shannon and Ashley, do you want to share where we can find you guys? Yep. Um, my website, Ashley, is um, AA. <laughs> like, what's my website? This is bad. <laughs> it's AAHales.com. And yeah, that's also my social media handle. So I should have this memorized, <laughs> but there you are. And, and Ashley, do you want to share about your podcast? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I have one of those too. It's called the Finding Holy Podcast. And you can find info at aahills.com slash podcast or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. So Finding Holy Podcast is the name. Awesome. Uh, you can find That's me fun. at com. It's Shannon with an A at the end. And then on Twitter and Instagram, I am at Shannon Wrights. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again. Thank you for listening and we will see you next time. Well, that was such a fun conversation to have. I, I loved every minute of it. And I was honestly surprised at some of the things that were coming out of my mouth that I didn't realize were like latent. <laughs> like, oh, wow. So that's, I went there. Okay. Uh, and also I was that's like, oh, I, I, I never thought that we were going to talk about Target this much on an Upside Down Podcast episode. <laughs> no, neither did I. Yeah. 
Well, we were talking, Lindsay, and it's kind of cool that this episode is coming out on Giving Tuesday. I I love that just kind of intentional reminder after Black Friday and after kind of this consumption and more and more that we take a step back kind of as as a people Mm -hmm. and say, okay, now where can we put our money to something that is really meaningful? And Lindsay, I was wondering um, if there's like a certain organization or nonprofit or ministry that your family um, supports as we think about Giving Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. Y'all know I'm a huge fan of Micah Bornet. And several months ago, he posted on Instagram that he had to get a part-time job after five years of doing poetry full-time. And Kind of what came out of that were some conversations back and forth between he and I and other people suggesting like, hey, do a Patreon. Hey, do something, you know, because we want to support. He gives his music away for free. So it's like, dude, mm. we want to support you. How can we do that? Um, yeah. And so he did start up like a monthly. It's not Patreon, but it's similar. And so um, our family signed up pretty much from the get go to support him and his work. And um, yeah, just really to value art, I think is important and justice. And um, we all know from our time at the gathering, how talented he is and the message that he's spreading. And so we're, we're just glad to be, a, I mean, honestly, a pretty small part of that, but we're glad to be a part of that for sure. So oh, I, love that. You, you know, I didn't, I didn't know that. So that's really cool. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Go to his website. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have, um, started a position with preemptive love. And so if you're a listener, you've heard, you've heard Diana, you've heard Jessica. And I have to say the more stories I hear, the more I just want to support um, this work of empowerment and unmaking violence. And uh, Mm. that is, um, you know, the closer I get sometimes with organizations, the closer you get, the further you step back and you see those Mm -hmm. inner workings and it couldn't be more opposite. Um, for me. So check out preemptivelove.org if you haven't already. They're a great place to um, to support and become a donor and be like an active part of unmaking violence. I just, I love that so much. And um, we also wanted to say that if you enjoy listening to Upside Down Podcast, first of all, thank you. Thank you for sticking out with us <laughs> through the ups and downs yes. and very, you know, we say unscripted conversations and we're not lying. Like, <laughs> We are very unscripted. <laughs> Lindsay didn't know I was just going to say that. <laughs> but one way that you Not can support us, one way that you can support us is by just helping us pay our bills. We have bills. We have families. The money that you give will help us, you know, just keep making this happen, keep making um, the conversations ad free, keep making our upside down tribe community free. Um, and what are the ways that uh, Lindsay, that if somebody would like to support us, you know, monthly or one time, how can they do that? Yeah. So if you go to our website, upsidedownpodcast.com backslash give, there's two options. We have Patreon supporters, and those are folks who give every month, either a dollar a month, $5 a month, $10 a month to just keep the wheels turning, like Kayla said. And then we also have people who give one-time gifts. And Giving Tuesday is a great way to do either. You can... um give us a one-time gift or you can sign up to give monthly, but either one of those options is upside down podcast.com slash give. And I just want to say, Kayla mentioned the, the money that people give is what helps us stay ad free and it helps us keep our community free as well. And that was one of the sort of values, if you will, that we, 
ascribed to early on. Um, we, we toyed around with like, well, we have to pay for stuff, right? Like we have a website and we have to record and we need microphones and like, how are we going to pay for this stuff? And we just really didn't want to do ads and we didn't want people to have to pay to be a part of our community. That just felt really yucky. So we're super grateful for our Patreon supporters and for those of you who hop on and give one-time gifts because it helps us keep doing what we're doing and it helps us do it in a way that we feel really good about and we feel is ethical and we feel is really honoring like the inclusivity of the kingdom and also what we just spent an hour talking about right consumerism like we're not pressuring you to buy mugs and t-shirts and bags Mm -hmm. and those things are inherently bad but like we don't want to push stuff on people all the time right so this is just a way that helps us kind of like maintain um who we are and be um be about the kingdom and not about the stuff so happy giving tuesday go support a great organization support us if you enjoy the work that we're doing and just thank you for sticking around and being a part of it 